Welcome to Sunday Sermons from Trinity UMC in Lincoln, a podcast to help on the faith journey. Now on to this week's message from Pastor Jeff Slater. Hi church, kind of a different morning. By this time, you've probably already heard that uh, last night uh, I ended up having a symptom. It was probably just something that I ate, but I think one of the things we've learned about COVID by now is not to take any chances. Uh, And I thought it uh, would be unwise for me to be around all of you this morning, those who are worshiping in person, especially when we have options to do this remotely. So I still don't quite know how the morning's gonna go, but it's early and I'm recording my sermon uh, uh, now so that I can get it uploaded and hopefully we can play this back during the uh, during the service itself. On the plus side, I get to preach with Lily this morning. <laughs> and it just so happens she's in my sermon <laughs> at least a little bit. So let's get started with this and, uh, uh, and, and I'll, Lily, I'll put you down because your part's right at the start, okay? <laughs> Would you pray with me? Oh God, we thank you for all the ways that you speak to us, and we thank you for, uh, for song, for scripture. We thank you even that you can speak to us through taking the right measures. Help us to hear you this morning, however you speak. Amen. Uh, you know, I also have to show off my t-shirt to you. These are from my, uh, my kids' uh, school. Uh, it says, Better Together on the front, and you see the uh, pause, but what's really great about it is the back. Now, with my camera set up, I don't think I'm going to be able to turn around, so I'll get a picture afterwards, and, uh, and, and I'll splice it into the video here, but uh, it's hilarious. It's wonderful, <laughs> and I think it shows uh, making the best even of a difficult situation and how we're all learning to do the right thing uh, when that time comes for us. All right, I had to show that off. Uh, it especially makes sense on a day like today, doesn't it? Okay, well, we're continuing in a series called Unafraid. And this series is one that speaks to our fear. Uh, it speaks to fear in general. And I thought it might be good uh, anyway as we head into a difficult political season where many have fears, but with COVID, uh, it even makes it all the more prescient. Is that the right word? Uh, And uh, each week we've talked about a different kind of fear. The first week is especially good, so if you missed it, I hope you'll go back. It talks about the parts of our brain that go off like a smoke detector, sometimes when we don't want it to, and how identifying that can help with our fear. But today we talk about loneliness, because the truth is many have a fear of being lonely, of chronic loneliness. Uh, And in fact, uh, especially for uh, uh, many older people in uh, uh, nursing homes and, and assisted living facilities, COVID has made a time of extreme loneliness come reality, at least in a sense, uh, and a very real one at that. You know, I'm an introvert, and I'm a strong introvert. I have a lot of people fooled. A lot of people watch me on Sunday morning and think I'm an extrovert, but I'm not. You see, a lot of people think introverts are recluses, you know, people who don't like other people. But that's not what introvert means at all. It means where you get your energy. Uh, I love people. I love being around people. But here's the thing. When I'm done being around people, I'm tired and I need to rest. And the way I rest is by going off on my own. Extroverts are the other way around. You see, uh, they, uh, they, they like solitude and they like being alone and they have a need to be alone too. But they refuel by going to the party, by going to where, the other, by going to where all the people are. And so introverts and extroverts both need people. Truth is, we were made for each other. We were made to be together. 
Uh, and our scripture today, uh-oh, I didn't put my little tabs in my Bible here. Our script, well, I know the story. Our scripture today is uh, uh, one of the many ways from Genesis 2, and I'll bet you know the story. It's the story of Adam and Eve. Uh, in fact, it's the beginning of the story of Adam and Eve, before the whole apple thing happens. You know, uh, a theologian that I like, uh, Douglas John Hall, uh, he, uh, he, he wrote a book that really changed me uh, thinking about human suffering and the purpose of it. Um, now, I'm not saying suffering is a good thing necessarily, but uh, it can serve a purpose for us. And he points out that there are four kinds of suffering that happen even before that bite of the apple is taken. That scripture reveals to us that some parts of suffering aren't a result of sin at all. In fact, they're simply part of what it means to be human. And one of those parts is when God looks at Adam, Adam, the first man, and says, it is not good for the person to be alone, for the human being to be alone. Now, you know what happens then, right? Uh, boy, we could make all sorts of jokes here, but that's when God creates a woman. That's when God creates a companion to be with man. Uh, uh, and, uh, uh, and of course, uh, uh, the story goes on from there. But it shows how we're not made to be alone. And in fact, dogs are called man's best friend, people's best friend, right? Uh, and it certainly is true. And uh, the, uh, Lily is a Havanese. And Havanese were bred to be companion dogs. That's what, they, uh, that's what they're made for. Uh, the thing that uh, made us want to try getting a Havanese is that we don't have enough room for a golden retriever. That's uh, what we wanted at first. And someone said that Havanese were uh, a golden retriever uh, a personality in a much smaller body. <laughs> and uh, sure enough, uh, it's also, they also have a, uh, a reputation and a nickname for being the Velcro dog because no matter what you do, they're right there. Oh, I hit my microphone, didn't I? Whatever you do, they're right there with you. <laughs> and I'll tell you, I'm going to put her down so she can play in the yard, but I'll just bet you you won't see her running out there in the grass. She's going to be right next to me the whole time because of this need for companionship. <laughs> okay, Lily, I can't do the whole sermon like that. <laughs> now, babies uh, show us this too. Uh, babies cry in the middle of the night, right? And sometimes they need, uh, they need fed. Sometimes they need a diaper, but sometimes they don't need fed or a diaper. Sometimes they just need to be held. And I think that shows us of, of this need of companionship that lasts all through our lives, too. You know, earlier I mentioned the elderly uh, in nursing homes, and I really do feel uh, for all the members of our church uh, that are unable to see. I haven't seen my parents in person in, what are we up to, six or eight? No, 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 actually it was uh, before Christmas when we last saw each other. It's been quite a long time. Uh, and I know that there are many who are more lonely still even than that. Uh, I do want to take a little aside here. We have a new thing as a church now, sermons by phone. Now, we don't have a lot of members uh, in our church who, uh, who don't have access to internet or the skill to use it, but we do have a few, and we found a service that lets us uh, put our uh, sermons on a, on a website and gave us a local phone number uh, that people can call. Uh, so, well, uh, let's see. I suppose if you, if, you don't know, if you don't know about that yet and don't have access to internet, you aren't hearing me say this right now. But you know what? It's not just for our church. So if any of you know of someone in your life who is feeling uh, alone and disconnected, we don't want to step in on their church most certainly, but if it would help them, give them the phone number. We're starting to publish it in various places. I think it was in the tower last week, and we'll get it out in other places too so that you can do that. But you know, we all experience loneliness sometimes. But I'll bet you've also experienced getting in a loop 
with loneliness at some point in your life. You know, that's where your imagination kicks in. Imagination is such a big part of this fear thing. It can be used well and it can be used poorly. And when it's used poorly, our imagination kicks in and we start to wonder, well, why would anybody want to be around me? Why would anybody want to, uh, want to uh, be my friend? And then you start to wonder, am I going to be alone for the rest of my life? What would it be like to be uh, to, to have nobody? What would it be like? And you see how the imagination starts to kick in more and more? And then we start to withdraw. Then we start to pull ourselves back and think, why would anybody like me? Why would anybody even want to be near me? And that loneliness becomes chronic. It's a feedback loop that's not helpful. And uh, I know I've experienced it uh, from time to time in my past in darker moments. And I have a hunch that all of you, or at least most all of you, uh, uh, have at some point or another. And you know, I think it's even worse in this generation because our society is so mobile, uh, moving for jobs, transportation has never been easy. Uh, and, uh, and then there's retirement. Retirement severs work friends. Many people find themselves lonely when they're newly retired. But add to that uh, the fact that more and more people are moving to a different place when they retire, and all of a sudden, they have no one. It even has physical effects on us. There was one researcher that did a, did a study and determined that the physical, the physiological effects of chronic loneliness is the same as 15 cigarettes a day. Now, can you believe that? <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll bet you can and social media isn't enough either. I mean, it's great that we can do this uh, when, there's a, when, when, when there's sickness or something like that. Uh, and it's great that we can text one another and send messages. But uh, as I put in the email that came out early this morning uh, to, to invite you all to come to church uh, today, uh, a teary-eyed emoji is comforting, but it's no substitute for a hug. We need human contact. Now, every week uh, in this series, we're, go we're going to have a, 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 a tool from psychology and a tool from uh, a faith. And today's faith tools, I think, are especially good. But let me do the psychology one first. You see, a psychologist, uh, if you were to see a psychologist about loneliness, one thing that they would do is help you to, a to, help you to analyze your incorrect assumptions. So these questions like, uh, these questions like, why would anybody like me, you know, help you look at where, that, where that's come from. Uh, if you think people are, uh, everybody's going to leave you and, and disappoint you, well, they'll ask questions about where that comes from. So, uh, were your parents divorced when you were a kid? You know, did your dad leave? And that's part of why you think, may, may, maybe that's part of why you think others might leave you too. You know, they'll help you explore these, uh, these uh, unhealthy assumptions that you're making. If you think you're not good enough, why, where does that go back? Where is it coming from? Now, when someone doesn't return a message, what goes through your mind? I, this is another one I think we've all experienced. If somebody doesn't call you back or somebody doesn't return an email, is your first assumption to think it's because they don't want to? Or is it something else? Do you, do you think it's because they're mad at you? Or do you think it's because they had 27,000 other things to do and their email looks like a rat's nest? <laughs> you know, because quite frankly, that's probably more likely. Uh, or are they just bad at messages? You know, me, I don't use Facebook socially very much. I use it uh, for the church quite a bit, but I don't spend time scrolling through my feed all the time. And so when somebody sends me a Facebook message, well, I may not see it for a little while. And I have so many notifications on my phone that if you send me a message through Facebook, which you're welcome to do, of course, 
but I may not respond right away. And sometimes I worry when I see a message that's been sitting, uh-oh, I hope they didn't think I was putting them off because that's just not the case. Lily, what are you chewing on? Lily! Okay, sorry about that. <laughs> um, so, let's turn to faith now. Oh, another thing a therapist might ask you is, are you trying? Are you putting yourself out there? You know, if you've been in that feedback loop of withdrawing for a while, maybe you're not trying as hard as you think you are, because the truth is, you need to, uh, you, you need to try. You need to take the risk to, to, uh, to, to care for other people before they're going to be caring for you, uh, before you can expect them to anyway. All right, so a lesson from faith now, in fact, a couple. You know, there are philosophers, and even a few theologians, believe it or not, who think that loneliness is just our lot in life. It's just what we are as human beings, and there it is. But the Bible very clearly tells a much different story when it comes to loneliness. It says right there that it's not good for, for, the, for the man, for the human being, to be alone. It's not good. And in fact, it offers two wonderful tools for, uh, for uh, combating loneliness. At least two. In fact, probably more than that if you really get down to it. Uh, one of them, though, is the church. Community. That's one of the tools that the Bible offers. You know, Jesus could have made it so that we could be Christian alone. He could have made it so that we could live out our faith alone. But no, Jesus, Jesus uh, instituted the church. His people combined. As Paul would later say, that we're each like parts of a body. Each of us has one little piece, and it's only by coming together that we know the whole. And that's what the church is. God could have told us everything on our own, but he didn't. He said, I want you to need one another, and the church is the way I want you to come together. Now, we do things in worship to, uh, to try to connect one another. You know, we have uh, moments of greeting, at least during non-COVID times. We have the chat bar on the side, of course, uh, during these times, and they're wonderful. But kind of like a teary-eyed emoji isn't the same as a hug. In the same way, it's, it's just not the same. And I can't wait until we're able to be back in person. You know, I met with the, um, with the uh, village people, one of the groups in our church. Uh, oh, that was just last Sunday, wasn't it? And it, even though I see our, our staff, of course, pretty often, it was so nice to be around uh, those particular people from our church. We have a need for that, and I can't wait until we can have it back uh, fully. You know, uh, one thing all the retired pastors in our church will know is that ministry can be a lonely job sometime. And one thing I realized after a while is that I needed a group, you know, and so sometimes I meet with other clergy. I've got a couple of uh, kind of groups that I'm a part of that meet off and on, probably need to meet more regularly. But it's also uh, uh, one of the things, one of several things that led me to start focusing on small groups. You know, at my last church, uh, there was a period of loneliness, and I wasn't looking to fix it with my church. You know, I wasn't looking for my church to fix me. However, what happened when we started the small groups, though, was that I didn't realize how much I needed that, how much I needed to be in a small group with other people. Now, you've heard me say this before, and it got delayed because of COVID, but we're going to be starting growth groups in, at Trinity. Uh, we're going to launch them uh, fully in, uh, in uh, January. We're going to start the uh, first uh, prototype group with some of the leaders here in uh, just a few weeks, I hope. But I really hope that you will look for that opportunity when it comes around, because you need it as much as I do. Um, so the church is one, of the, uh, is one of the answers that God gives us to loneliness. The other? is God himself. God himself. 
You know, God created us to be in relationship with him. And by the way, I'm using the word him here, uh, and I might interchange it with her a little bit. God doesn't have gender, but I think it's important that God be personal in this case. So God, uh, uh, God made us to be in relationship with her, with God, made us to be together. And if we knew this, if we really knew this deep in our heart, we would know that we are never alone. You know, Christian spirituality is about learning to be in relationship with God and learning to have God in our heart, to let the Holy Spirit in, uh, and to know that God is our constant companion. That's what uh, Christian spirituality is all about. You know, there's a quote from Augustine, and I don't know if we can put it on the screen at the same time as this video. In fact, we probably can't. Well, all right, maybe we'll put it up on the, uh, up on the, the Facebook page later. But Augustine said, Thou hast made us for thyself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it finds its rest in thee. You have made us for yourself, God, and surely our heart is restless until it finds its rest in in you. You know, our, our longing for human companionship is real, and it is longing for human companionship, but it's also evidence that we need God. It's evidence that we have a longing for relationship with God, too. And it's not, uh, it's not a love that we have to earn, either. And, of course, this is also important. God says, I know you better than you know yourself. I know every terrible thing you've ever done. Lily, I'm going to pick you back up because you keep chewing on something. <laughs> you know, it's, a, it's just like the kind of... <laughs> God loves us, at, well, like a, like a dog, right? You know, even, even when we go too long without letting our dogs out, even when we, when we neglect them for a season and don't play with them as much as we should, do they hold it against us? No. And neither does God. God loves us despite all the things that we've messed up in our life. And we know that that companionship is there to love us no matter what. That's what love of God is. You know, the psalm that we read today, hey Lily, do you think I can read the psalm while I hold you? Let's see. <laughs> our psalm today was 139, and it says this, You surround me, God, front and back, you put your hand on me. If I went up to heaven, you would be there. If I, could, if I went down to the grave, you would be there too. Now, Jesus showed us that, right? If I could fly on the wings of dawn, isn't this timely this morning? If I could fly on the wings of dawn, stopping to rest only on the far side of the ocean, even there, your hand would guide me. Even there, your strong hand would hold me tight. Now, that doesn't solve our need for human companionship, but it's a bigger piece of the puzzle still. God is with you always, and God is with us all. You know, we keep talking about imagination. Like I said, it keeps coming back in this series on fear. We can use our imagination to imagine all the bad things that could happen in our life. But what if we used our imagination instead to imagine God being with us, walking with us. The great shepherd in the 23rd Psalm, right? What if we used our imagination to picture God with us always? You know, what a difference that would make. We still have a need for relationship with each other, but if we used our imagination for that, well, it'd go a long way, wouldn't it? And it's something we all need too, even with our human companionship. When you do that, you'll find that the fear of loneliness melts into true companionship with others and with God. All right, well, I'm going to do a different kind of prayer today. 
I'm going to do one of these prayers where you pray after me, all right? So I'm going to say it, and of course I'm recording this early, this will be all time shifted, but I hope you will pray these words after me. And I'll pause, of course. God, thank you for loving me. You know everything about me, and you love me still. I trust this. Thank you for always being with me. Help me to remember that. Help me to love you in return. Help me to seek you, to know you, and to share your love with others. O oh God, you've given us the church for this companionship with each other. And you know that, uh, you don't have to repeat this part. <laughs> and you know, God, that the church doesn't always live up to what you've called us to be. In this time of COVID, help us to check on one another when we're down, when we're lonely. And as life returns to normal eventually, help us to be the kind of church that cares for one another, that fosters relationships between one another. And in so doing, knows each other and you to the fullest. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to end with a quick word of thank you for everybody who helped make the service uh, to, uh, happen today, even though I was unable to be there. I'm feeling just fine, and I have no doubt it's a stomach bug or something like that, but even that's contagious, so I hope you all will take good practices too. It's good to see you. Thanks for joining us for this week's Sunday Sermon. For more information on growth groups or how to more fully embrace the life of faith, visit us at www.trinitylincoln.org.